Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Like a Midas touch by the very first time. I make decisions with my wallet, not my mind. Too much money for one person to control. Hello, welcome to Too Much Money, the podcast that asks, does being a billionaire make you crazy or do you need to be crazy to be a billionaire? I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Joe Piazza. And we're your hosts. We are not billionaires. We're not billionaires. We're fascinated by billionaires. But Joe, I guess we should kind of officially introduce ourselves before we do get into it. So as I said, I'm Joe Piazza. I'm an author and a podcast host of the shows Under the Influence and Committed. I have a new novel coming out in April, which is the best thing I've ever written, called The Sicilian Inheritance. It's available for pre-order now. And my most recent book, You Were Always Mine, came out last spring. And it is great, which I can say because... I read it and I hosted a book event. You hosted my book event. <laughs> you hosted my book event at a very posh bookstore that was situated in between some of the most expensive dress shops in, yes. in Los Angeles. I was surrounded by thousand dollar dresses that I that I could not afford, but that I also think I could have gotten dupes for at Target. Totally. Billionaires definitely shop at Brentwood Country Mart. <laughs> totally. Like without totally. a doubt. Without um, a doubt. I am Dory Shafrier. I'm the co-host of Forever 35 and Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Also the author of a novel called Startup and a memoir called Thanks for Waiting, The Joy and Weirdness of Being a Late Bloomer. I read a lot about the silly things that rich people do, and it usually makes me angry, but I can't stop. I know. I know. I. It's become this kind of a guilty pleasure. Yes. To go down deep Wikipedia rabbit holes, uh, to just see, like, what are the crazy things that rich people do with their money? And I think about it a lot because I have I have a normal person job. I'm I'm a I'm a writer, and yeah. I you know have three kids and yep. think constantly, like, what yep. what would I do if yep. I were even a millionaire, mm-hmm. right? 
mm-hmm. I was like, I'd, I'd just like to make sure I can pay for college and totally. some vacation. Right. Totally. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty wild. I also, just in terms of how we know each other, I feel like I should say that we knew each other in college. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been a long it's been, time. I mean, I, it's a couple of decades now. Oh, yeah. Since we were in the college. Yeah. 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 But then we also just kept crossing paths intersecting in, in totally. New York media yes like you would start a job somewhere and then I would start a job some somewhere and yes we would overlap for we, a week or two yes and... like I feel like we never really worked at the same place but like we worked at the same places at different places. times yes and, yes yeah um, and then and now all of those places no longer exist essentially I mean, so yeah because literally. media literally and media. here we are podcasting yeah because we pivoted we did. We pivoted. We're we pivoted. We're, we're, con- we're constantly chasing the next thing. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. As as if one of those things might make us billionaires. Right. We never pivoted to video. We did not. No. No. But I have a I have a face for for audio. So I'm uh, I Joe. prefer I prefer an audio medium. You don't, but I prefer. Yeah. Like I think. Just not having to have your face out there is not having your face out there. No, I prefer to be. I prefer um, in my in my jammies medium is what I prefer. A thousand percent. I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. in just showered wet hair media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but you look fantastic. Exactly. Oh well, thank you, thank you so yes. much, thank you so much. Um. All right. Well, Kate. Uh, Kate. Oh my God, that's just gonna be oh, weird. Coffee. You're not. It's my, gonna be weird. My forever thirty five totally... co-host. You are um, totally going to call me by essentially your ex-boyfriend's name all the time. Yes. Your current boyfriend. Yes. And you're like, hey, John. Or hey, John. What? Right. Oh, what? my God. Yeah. Um, well, I'll try not to make this super awful. It's all right. I love, you know what? I love Kate. If you want to call me Kate, yeah. I'll take it. On this show, you're Kate. <laughs> That's your name. That's your new name. Oh, gosh. Okay. Joe. Yes. Today, I don't. We're not actually talking about a technical billionaire, but we are talking about a very wealthy person. We're talking about multimillionaires. I think you yeah. know when we say billionaires, we're talking about very rich humans. Yeah, it's more of a catch-all. It's a colloquialism. The the thing is, these billionaires and millionaires, they love to spend their money on things that are otherwise unattainable yes. to the average human. The yes. things that they consider treasure yes yes i'm so excited to talk about this go on please there is no greater treasure hunt probably in all of the world than the search for dinosaurs for dinosaur fossils this could not interest me less not this conversation but the dinosaur fossils like the idea that I would spend my time and money looking for dinosaur fossils if I were very wealthy, not even remotely on the list of things that I would want to spend my money on. And I have a dinosaur-obsessed six-year-old. So I spend probably 50% of my mental energy hearing about dinosaurs and being quizzed on dinosaurs. And so dinosaurs are now just woven into the fabric of my DNA in such a way that 
I actually, I resent dinosaurs as a species or a genus or whatever they are. Okay. So I think, I think it is even more ridiculous to spend money on what are essentially million year old rocks. If there's a paleontologist listening to this, I'm sorry. I just have to speak my truth. I'm sorry. And also, can you explain? I just, maybe they could call us. Maybe they could call us. We could do a episode. And talk about how rich men in particular desperately want to own these million-year-old rocks that aren't even really dinosaurs. And just, and and touch. They want to put something adjacent to a Tyrannosaurus Rex in their house or Mm -hmm. in their office. Mm -hmm. I think because it makes them feel like they have big dinosaur energy. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. interesting. If you could be dinosaur adjacent, right. that gives you power in a way. There was no one more terrifying or powerful than a T-Rex. No. And if you can own those T-Rex fossils, then you yeah. too are terrifying and powerful, yeah. rich man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna get into that. I am I have got a story about a bunch of rich guys paying a lot of money for some T-Rex bones. Oh my but God. first, before we get to that, I want to I just want to talk a little bit about the rich person dinosaur market because it exists. Fossils are an actual commodity right. these days. Okay. Um so I'm just gonna go through a couple of big sales for you. Um, okay. And the and these are not museum sales because that's a different thing when a museum acquires a fossil. These are private collectors who are paying a lot of money to mm-hmm. be dinosaur adjacent. There's, the, mm-hmm. there's one very recent one. Sotheby's actually sold a fossil of something called a Gorgosaurus, which I have not heard of, but it's a relative of the T-Rex, for $6.1 million dollars wow that pause is intense wow you're you're digesting this you're taking i don't even know what to say there's nothing to say it was sold for private ownership the buyer hasn't been revealed but that's one of the biggest private dinosaur purchases there was also a private bidder who bought an allosaurus and a Diplodocus, for those of you not in the know, those are both the... Actually, no, the Diplodocus is a sauropod, and the Allosaurus is a theropod. So it's like a salt and pepper shaker of fossils. You have one of each, mm. a meat mm-hmm. eater, and a planty. Mm-hmm. And those sold for $1.6 million each in Paris. Paris, by the way, is a wow. place where these auctions to take place. And then you have Christie's auction. It is interesting, right? But it also, I think it has to do, it's, it's very old world. And we saw a lot of the early explorers coming from Europe and being financed by European governments. And uh-huh. this just feels uh-huh. like the next level of hunting for buried treasure. And I think in future episodes, we te- definitely have to get into all of the money spent on great archaeological spies. And we're going to we're going to yeah. do a whole episode how much people have spent searching for the holy grail. For sure. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Joe, 
just do you have a profile of who these people are? So they're typically multi, multi, big time millionaires. The Mm -hmm. vast, I'm going to say the vast majority of them are men because I have not found a woman who is acquiring these bones, like an individual, not a museum who's acquiring the bones. Mm -hmm. They tend to be in industries like commercial real estate development or very high profile corporate attorney and the the particular case that we are going to talk about today it actually all began with a t-rex skeleton a rich real estate developer who wanted to show off that skeleton in his office in new york city and that office this is the part that i love as a former gossip columnist in new york city Used to be in a former New York City nightclub. Which one? I think it was Tunnel. I think it was inside oh. the, old, the old tunnel over by the West Side Highway. Okay. Yeah. And, this, and this is a rich real estate developer because I would say nothing makes you want to buy a luxury apartment building like seeing a fucking T Rex skeleton in the middle of their office. Like, what does that? broadcast when power. you have I that think it just sitting there power. Yeah. yeah that's real that's real fuck you energy is what that is and totally this real estate developer's name is coleman burke he okay. is and he bid on the skeleton and won uh from heritage he he bid on the skeleton from a place called heritage auctions in new york city and mm-hmm. this was a nearly complete fossil, again, not the real bones, just rocks, of something called the Tarbosaurus batar. It's essentially Tyrannosaurus rex. Like All the dinosaurs have a gazillion different names. For our intents and purposes, this is a fancy T-Rex from Mongolia. And there's a great book on this by an author named Paige Williams. Amazing reporter, a great storyteller, and her book is called The Dinosaur Artist, Obsession, Betrayal, and the Quest for Earth's Ultimate Trophy. Ooh. Okay. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. (laughs) It's a sexy title. Yes. She wrote all about how this fossil called, which they called the T-Batar, so we're not going to call it the T-Rex, but... Picture okay. the T-Rex in, in your head. That scene in Jurassic Park okay. where the T-Rex, the T-Rex actually eats the attorney in Jurassic Park mm. out of the porta potty. He's hiding in the porta potty. Okay, so I'm T-Rex. picturing that. He, that's what this guy bought. He bought the T-Batar for $1.05 million so that he could put it in the terminal warehouse building where he had his offices on 12th Avenue the former home of Tunnel Nightclub. He bought it at an auction. He didn't think there was anything dodgy about it. As Paige Williams recounts in her book with one of the greatest book names of all time, the person that actually brought the T-Batar skeleton to the U.S. may not have obtained it legally. And so that brings us to this question of this entire underground rich dude 
dinosaur commodities market that I'm so excited to talk about. Yes, yes. And here in the U.S., because there are so many rich dudes who want to obtain their dinosaur-adjacent power, there was one man who was bringing the skeletons here, and his name is Eric Prokopi. He was essentially a dinosaur bone flipper. He got them from other places, brought them here. He refurbished him. He got them all shiny and pretty. Not a paleontologist, by the way. This individual is not a paleontologist. Okay. He's like the the Tiger King of dinosaur bones. I really like that analogy, Dory. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. (laughs) Yeah. We're thinking much in the way that the Tiger King was not a zoologist. Or no. a biologist. No, no. Eric Procopi <laughs> was not a paleontologist. He was, he's, when he was a little boy, he really liked fossils, much like my son. Maybe this whole episode is a cautionary tale for me as a parent. Huh? But Eric Procopi has been, he'd been collecting fossils since he was a kid and he eventually found a way to get fossils into the United States that would not otherwise be allowed to be here. Now, much like precious archaeological artifacts, when fossils are acquired from certain countries, those countries say, hey, please don't take our natural resources. Please don't take things out of our ground that belong to us. Uh, We'd like to keep them here. And Mongolia is one of those countries. And Mongolia also, by the way, has some has one of the greatest collections of dinosaur bones in the world. It's Mongolia and the Western United States. Tons, okay. tons of dinosaur bones. They have good, they have good a good rock formation shelfie geological system happening over there. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. I am very knowledgeable about this. But Mongolia does not want random white dudes coming, taking their fossils, and then reselling them at a markup. So it is illegal to take dinosaur bones out of Mongolia and bring them to the United States. That makes sense to me, right? Yes. But that, okay, first of all, that seems to have not stopped a lot of people. (laughs) Second of all, we should take a short break, and then I have some questions for you Mostly involving how you would get all of this stuff on. Do you take it on a plane? Like, how does that work? The answer is going to surprise you. Okay. I I, I can't wait. If I were a listener, I'd be on the edge of my fucking seat right now. Right? Totally. This is a good story. It's a great story. Oh, and one more thing. We have an email too much money pod at gmail.com. That's too much money pod at gmail.com. Send us ideas for things that you want us to talk about, thoughts on the episodes. I don't know, anything. Email us too much money pod at gmail.com. Hold up. 
This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, we're back. And now, Joe, you have promised to reveal the secrets of dinosaur transport. <laughs> and it's a big secretive network. They brought the dinosaur bones here. And remember, these are big uh-huh. animals, the biggest creatures that ever roamed to the earth through yes. UPS, apparently. Oh my God. Yeah. I Good for UPS. UPS. Okay. Right. Great. Apparently, the dinosaurs... The dinosaur bones arrived in Florida, where Eric Procopio lives. And again, he's a Florida man. Are you surprised that he's a Florida man? I'm sorry to say that I'm not surprised. Yeah. So he got more than 3,000 pounds of bones delivered just to his house. And he, like, cleaned them up and spiffed them up in his backyard workshop which the New Yorker makes sure to point out, was right next to his saltwater swimming pool. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just, and you're just picturing a guy. Uncre- it's an, that would be the ultimate unboxing video, actually, if you got a major UPS. Oh, my God. Yes. 3,000 pounds of dinosaur fossils. Yes. Yeah. And getting them here, wow. even though they were apparently able to be shipped through UPS, which is the same way that I'll send out a copy of my book later this afternoon, going to the UPS oh, store yeah. and talking to Dave, the UPS guy. They had to jump through a lot of hoops before they got them here. So Eric Procopi had to find a fossil dealer in Japan who then had a source inside Mongolia so that ultimately... He could say, oh, these aren't, oh, they're not from Mongolia where it's illegal to steal these things. They're from, they're coming from Japan. Or he would mark a box that said 
fossil reptiles instead of, say, Tyrannosaurus rex. So that no one would be any any the wiser. And so that they would, the bones would be able to be shipped over here to, to the U.S. Wow. Yeah. But this whole thing fell apart in October of 2012. Okay. When a whole group of federal agents and sheriff's deputies in Florida showed up at Eric Prokopi's house, where he was probably either swimming in his saltwater pool or fucking around with dinosaur bones in his backyard and Mm -hmm. they built a case against him they call him essentially a one-man black market of dinosaur rocks dinosaur fossils the new yorker has done several pieces about it that i just love they've covered it really well and like we said earlier there's an incredible book about this that i recommend anyone reading by Paige Williams, The Dinosaur Artist, Obsession, Betrayal, and the Quest for Earth's Ultimate Trophy, that I really hope someone has bought the movie rights to. Because oh, yeah, this feels like it could be a really good movie. And who could we get to star in this movie? Hmm. Someone like a real leading man figure in Hollywood, but someone like maybe a little quirky. Someone who's also maybe been in other films about ancient artifacts and yep, about treasure. About mm-hmm. treasure. Who could that be, Joe? I think it's Nicolas Cage, Dory. I think oh. it is the one. and only. Uh-huh. Nicholas Cage. Wow, Nick Cage. Now, Joe, does Nick Cage have any, does he have any interest in dinosaurs and dinosaur bones? Here's the thing, Dory. Nick Cage loves dinosaur bones. He loves dinosaur oh, bones. Boy. Oh, so boy. much. Oh, no. That. When this case was being investigated, they uncovered that a dinosaur skull that Nick Cage had purchased may have been acquired by similar illegal means. Oh, Nick. 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 Like, I was just going to say, is it really like his fault? He bought it from an auction house. It's not like he went and dug around and shipped stuff to himself via UPS. He bought it through a legitimate source, right? He did. He did. And so let me back up a little bit and tell you the story because I'd little lead too quickly. I was just, I was so excited to lead you down the oh, sorry, sorry, primrose sorry. path uh, that I didn't tell you the whole story, which is a good one, which you know that I am completely burnt out on celebrity stories because I read about them so long. But there's some that I just love, that I love mm. and that I tell over and over again. Okay, so this story, which I've been dining out on since it happened, is back in 2007, mega millionaire actor Nick Cage paid more than a quarter million dollars for a single dinosaur skull. 
one skull, one head, two hundred more than $250,000. Specifically, this was a T-Rex skull, and it did happen in an auction, a very exclusive one for very exclusive rich people from the I Am Chait gallery. Okay. The fun part, and the even more fun part of this story, is that it wasn't just Nick Cage bidding on this. He was going head-to-head with Leo DiCaprio for this skull. They both wanted it. And so actually, honestly, in the screenplay version of this movie, which I'm happy to write if someone would Mm -hmm. like to hire us to write it, it could be a buddy movie with Nick Cage and Leo DiCaprio because they both they're both very invested in this dinosaur head. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess if you're the kind of person that likes dinosaur heads, it was impressive. It, it was allegedly 67 million years old. Okay. That, that's that's old. old. That's old. Yeah. It was a pretty pretty complete old rock. And to be fair, a quarter of a million dollars probably wasn't that much to Mr. Cage back in 2007 because that was the heyday renaissance of Nick Cage, if you will. So National Treasure was 2004. So yeah, there's three National Treasure movies in the franchise. So this, and I know that National Treasure did very well overseas. So Nicolas Cage was swimming in money come 2007 when Mm -hmm. he bid on this T-Rex head. And he had also just played Johnny Blaze in a Marvel movie, you know, Ghost Rider, where according to IndieWire, he probably got paid somewhere between 12 million and 20 million plus back end bonuses. And the movie made more than 200 million worldwide. So he was raking it in. He was bringing in enough dough to spend more than $250,000 on a dinosaur head. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but that wasn't but just cuz just because this is a show about people with too much money. Yeah. I like to talk about other things that people with too much money were spending their too much money on because apparently in that year he also bought three houses, 22 cars. What? 22 Including nine Rolls Royces. What? 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 Mm -hmm. Joe, I'm sorry. No one needs 22 cars. No one needs nine Rolls Royces. Even if you're a car collector, that's too many cars. Too many cars. T. This podcast is TMM. Maybe one day we'll do a spinoff called TMC. (laughs) TMC. Too many cars. That is too many cars. Oh, so he had the... He had a, he's, I don't want to like armchair diagnose him, but it does sound like he had a bit of a spending habit, let's say. A habit. He liked a spending habit. He liked to buy weird stuff. He did. He did. Another thing that he apparently did at one point was go on a holy grail search, as one does. And he spent a lot of money seeking out the mysterious holy grail. Okay, I just want to, I just, I have a, like a little aside about this because I know that we know that he bought the three homes, the cars, 
and like all the other shit because his former business manager like submitted evidence. Mm-hmm. Now, my understanding was that your business manager was supposed to make sure this kind of shit didn't happen. Like when these celebrities have business managers, all of their income goes to the business manager and the business manager handles all of their accounts. So usually my understanding is that the you know the Nick Cage goes to his business manager and is I would like to buy a house. And the business manager is that's probably not a great idea because right now you only have $30 million and this house that you want to buy is $75 million. I guess ultimately if Nick Cage it's his money, Nick Cage can do what he wants with his money. Totally. And but, I think yes, a good business manager says, hey, you already own 10 cars. You don't need 12 more. You already have seven Rolls Royces. Why do you need nine? <laughs> but when, essentially, when the Golden Goose calls you and says, Daddy, I need two more Rolls Royces, and they're writing your checks, right. you're not a big no machine. Yeah. Ooh. That is rough. That is really rough. Now, Joe, we should probably just take one more break, but I want to hear what happened to this fossil that Nick Cage bought. The dinosaur. Does he have it on display? Yeah, the dinosaur. Does he have it on display? Or is it no longer in his possession? Does he have it on display in Um, one of his many homes? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we're back. Joe, I'm dying to know. What is the status? Wait for it. He had to give it back. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, Nick. Now it's all coming full circle. The Mm. skull was Mm. illegally obtained from Mongolia. Oh, And it came out during the investigation 
of Eric Procopi, who was arrested for smuggling illegal dinosaur bones. Wow. Okay. So it all comes back to Procopi. It all comes back to Procopi and this massive investigation. And so Procopi had to really spill the beans, not just on bones that he imported and shipped via UPS to his backyard in Florida, but other networks that were bringing in Mm. illegal dinosaur bones. And so as part of that investigation, the authorities told Nick Cage, hey, so sorry, but this Tyrannosaurus Rex head actually belongs to the Mongolian government, and they'd really like it back now. So could you please give it back to them? So he had to give it back. He had to give it back. And he would have been a real jerk if he hadn't, if he hadn't given it back. And he talked to... Did anything happen to the auction house? As far as I can tell, no. But Nick Cage would maybe like something to happen to the auction house because he told GQ magazine is hey I, I bought this skull legally from this auction house and when the mongolian government asked for it back i gave it to them but since i never got my money back somebody at that auction house should be in jail you know what joe i don't necessarily disagree with him i do think it's probably the job of auction houses to vet things. Yes, exactly. Exactly. 100%. That's what I'm saying. But I think that they're coming from sources that have tried to obscure this market for so mm. long that even the auction houses probably don't really know what they're dealing with. You know what? I think that same as so many other we're seeing this now with the way that like a lot of museums are having to give back some of the things in their collections that were essentially looted i think this whole industry operated on a don't ask don't tell situation um, method for a long long time for a very long time like, unless the artifact had, like, a, a blaring sign on it that was, like, illegally obtained. Mm-hmm. Everyone was, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sh- It's okay, right? It's yeah, totally okay. The paperwork's a little questionable. The guy selling it to me has been in jail for a felony. You know what I mean? They just like, turned a blind eye to a lot of things. And now, for a very long time, time. and also the rules were murkier, perhaps murkier in the past. And these things were not prosecuted as much as they were in the past. But whatever, I think, I do think Nick Cage, it was not Nick Cage's responsibility to vet the seller of the skull. No. So I agree with him. Also, I agree with him. Also, by the time this happened, Nick Cage probably could have used the money, right? <laughs> to be fair, Nick Cage could have used the money. And he still is a very rich person. So let's not pretend that he's not a very rich person. Of course. But he had a... a am I remembering this correctly? Like, he, he like, invested in real estate and then... He did. 
lost yeah. a lot of his real estate when the market crashed and he like owes money to the IRS. Like he, of course, he still has a lot of money. Yeah, so um, we, shouldn't feel, we shouldn't feel badly for him, but he could use the money to be fair because at one point he did own apparently 15 different properties, one of which was a private island in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, not one, my friend, but two European castles. Wow. Again, I feel like the guy has a spending problem. I don't want to go any farther than that. I don't want to diagnose him with anything. But again, you don't need... We are not doctors. We are not doctors. uh, We're not doctors. You don't need the nine Rolls Royces. You don't need the two European castles. It just seems excessive to me. But I am a mere... I'm a mere mortal. I am not a millionaire. I'm not a billionaire. Buying nine Rolls Royces is not even an option for me. Maybe to him, buying nine Rolls Royces is like me having nine pairs of pants. Yes, that is a really good analogy. That's exactly what it's like. It's the same (laughs) as you having nine pairs of pants or me having like two Doan dresses is the same as him having two European castles. Totally. You probably right. only need one. You and probably, actually, do you really I, need any? Yeah. No, but he did. But it, that didn't go well for him. It didn't. So back in April of this year, he talked to 60 Minutes and he's, I was way overinvested in real estate. He owed something like $6 million to the IRS alone. And when the real estate market crashed, he was screwed and he lost a lot of money yeah so it sounds like he could probably stand being paid back this quarter of a million dollars for the t-rex head that he had to give back to mongolia but yeah there's a little bit of a happy ending here okay okay i'm ready for it not for nick cage oh not for nick cage but for mongolia which is nice there's a happy okay all right you know what In this whole story, I am really rooting for Mongolia the most. Mongolia is the underdog. They're just trying to get their dinosaur skulls back. They just want their rocks back. They just want their rocks back. They just want their rocks back. They just want their expensive rocks back. So because of this big investigation and because Prokopi did cooperate with the authorities... All of these fossils have gone back to Mongolia, and there were so many that it was enough for them to to create a whole new dinosaur museum in Ulaanbaatar. Oh my gosh, that's cool. Isn't that nice? Again, I have no desire to go there or see. I would like to go to Mongolia, to be clear. I have no desire to go to a dinosaur museum. This area of the world and this dinosaur museum is on my son's top 10 places he would like to travel in the world, along with the Field Museum in Chicago, which has another famous Tyrannosaurus Rex named Sue. So if anyone in Mongolia is listening and you want us to come see your new dinosaur museum, Charlie Astor and I will fly there and we'll record some too much money. Wow, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for him. I'm excited Uh, for Mongolia. I'm excited for Mongolia. Mongolia is the big 
winner here. And when we started this episode, I'll bet you didn't think that Mongolia was going to be the big winner here. You know what? I didn't. I didn't, Joe. I think that, as we like to say, maybe you can be too rich. Maybe you can be too rich. Maybe you can be too rich. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Talk soon. Too Much Money is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrir, and Joe Piazza. Music is by Lisa Brenner. And our network partner is Acast. Thanks for listening.